Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. Jeff, it's great to see you again. So who have you brought with us today? Well, long-term friend, we've actually sat on some committees together. This is Michael Childers, who is an amazing photographer and just all-around amazing person, philanthropist here in Rancher Mirage. Welcome to the show. And producer. And producer. And producer. <laughs> we, have to, we have to keep the, title, the <laughs> titles I, correct. How do I get out of this? So, Michael, thank you for joining us today. It's a thank pleasure you. to meet Good you. To see you. I've, I've had a little chance to read up on you. Jeff gave me some tips on who you are. But really, I want to know, why, why are you here in the desert? I ask myself, every time it goes over 115, why am I here? Why? I moved here because my partner, John Schlesinger, the Oscar-winning um, uh, uh, director of Midnight Cowboy, decided uh, we were going to leave L.A., which is fine by me. I really don't like Los Angeles that much. We were moving back to London, our home, and he said, I want a place in the desert. I said, you do. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that crazy about the desert because I like green. I like <laughs> trees. I like flowers. No, no, we must have. I don't want any bugs. I don't want to. You know. So we and got a swimming we, pool. We had a swimming pool. And we came down here and he fell in love with Palm Springs. We bought a house here and a great house. We were fixing it up for nine months. And then he had, had a stroke. And then he had another stroke. And I, pretty bad. And I ended up taking care of him at home for three years when he died. Yeah. So he died it's here. Very, very so difficult. I, I ended up here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was bushwhacked. <laughs> well, I think many of us who are here have been bushwhacked well, in some ways. Well, you know what? There's a lot of worse places to be bushwhacked. Last yeah. night, last night, I walked out of my house to give my take my dog for a walk, and I saw this most amazing sunset. Wasn't it beautiful? Amazing yeah. color. What so that's dog why do you have? I have a Pomeranian pug. Oh, they're great. He's a good it's dog, great. yeah. But he, he, like you, doesn't like the heat. No, no. <laughs> My dog loves to eat, loves to play ball at it, and uh, he's from the north of England, you know. Yes. Um, but uh, that's okay. It gets me out of the house. So let me ask you a quick question. You mentioned Midnight Cowboy. Is is that where you got your start in photography and film? How do you like that? After five years of film school, <laughs> my first job in the movie industry in Hollywood is Midnight Cowboy, which won five Oscars. It's a great movie. Well, I thought for the rest of my life, I thought every year in every movie was going to be like Midnight Cowboy. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was a grand ride and a wonderful introduction to the world of cinema all over the world. It was huge. Huge, huge, yeah. Seventy two? No, 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 sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. The best picture of I think that. I saw it in seventy-two when I was twelve years old. So <laughs> Well, and a lot of the celebrities that were on that film yeah. loved what he did and yeah. so they started asking him to do headshots. And then well, yeah, yeah. And see, I met actually at film when I was at film school at UCLA. Everybody there was like starting to work in the industry, uh, rock and roll bands, or young yeah. actors, young directors, yeah. and they'd start asking me to do headshots. I said, "Well, this is good. I'm making a hundred dollars a day." I thought that was a fortune in those days. So you know, and then cut to the chase. You know. Um, 
all these been book book jackets with Ray Bradbury, yeah. Jim Morrison, The Doors, and uh, uh, lots of young movie actors. And um, so you uh, you photographed Ray Bradbury? Oh yeah, yeah he was yeah, brilliant, yeah, wonderful. I had coffee with him a long time ago, and then early on Gore Vidal and Tennessee Williams. Wow. And, now I'm uh, jealous. Yeah, Michael Crichton. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's how it all started. And I met a wonderful actress and a wonderful lady called Natalie Wood, who is a great friend of John's. And she, I asked her if I could take pictures of her, she and her new baby. And I said, oh, these have to be brilliant. So I made them really romantic and brilliant. They were good. They were good. And she, I love these, Michael. She said, I love these. I want you to come and take pictures of me at MGM. I said, whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's it like transitioning from, fil from cinema film to still film and taking those photographs. Oh, you know, I love I love both. You know, I love if I had to do it all over again, I'd like to be a cinematographer. I think it's just amazing with a what you could do now. Yeah, with, with a with a phone, you can make a whole feature film off of with a phone. Yeah, I just um, you need a really good editor. I, I <laughs> worship um, cinematographers, and I have learned so much about stills photography yeah. by looking at their lighting. I, I worked on wow. 125 movies. Wow, as special photographer, all sorts of movies from Coal Miner's Daughter to to really? uh, you know uh, for, uh, Romeo and Juliet and. Uh, Blah, I'm so many. Uh, the what's it? Cotton Club, um, hundreds of That's movies. That's amazing. Coal miner's daughter. Um, Love so coal miner's daughter. Greece. One one of the things you did right was you took pictures for continuity for. So no, was, I never did. Oh, that. you didn't do that. I okay. never did that. That's a union job. Oh, unions. Stay away. Continuity is very important. Continuity yeah. Make sure that that, it is. that glass stays around that table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. so how often do you see a movie and the, no, the glasses no. move to the other no, side? Continuity. That's really boring job. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, uh, no. I was brought in. They uh, they don't have too much of it anymore. Called specials photographer and the PR of uh, at Paramount MGM. Yeah, they bring the top photographers in the world in the world and just uh, they didn't matter what it cost to do special photography on these big movies and they'd send me to london to paris to africa to tokyo um egypt twice um yeah nice job nice job yeah, I, they'd, yeah. you know, I'd go in to work for a week or two weeks or whatever and um well I, like i said earlier I, i'm jealous because that's how i got my start and photography is doing similar things, headshots and in films and such. But um, it's it's stressful work. It's very stressful work. Headshots, you better take uh, Freud and Jungian <laughs> psychology classes because it's eighty percent learning how to be a psychologist. Yes, absolutely. To figure out where they're coming from. Yep. Because um, actors are all high-strung people. Some of them are nuts. But, <laughs> aren't, aren't <most> but <laughs> uh, yeah, you you better figure out, find out what their needs are, mm -hmm. find out what they hope for in a, in a photo session. Go through a list of things that yep. they like and don't like. Find out their favorite music. Find out what they like for lunch. You know, just do your research. Yep. Um, and, uh, I do the same now yeah. with donors. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a very similar world. Just getting to know people, finding what their interests are, and being able to have a conversation. Conversation with, yeah. yeah. But don't go in cold, not no, knowing no, that much no, about it. No, no. I, I would love to talk to you about your photography work, your cinema work, but really my opportunity to be with you is to learn about your philanthropy in the community and the work you've done with JFS, with the Barbara Sinatra Center, and really the one night out that you're also famous for in this community. So can you talk a little bit about that, how well, you got started with it? One night only is a treasure for the whole community and a blessing to me. I have such gratitude uh, for all, all the organizations we've worked with. We've raised really, a, I can't remember, uh, I think it's over $6 million uh, for various various charities. Real proud of that. So, And last year was our highest grossing show. So it just shows, it keeps building and building. It was fantastic. So, so what fantastic show. And the Desert Sun said, every year, it's guaranteed this is the best show in the desert. Well, it is. It's the best show. So what made it so great last year? Oh, it was New York, New York, a city I love. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, just uh, all the famous great composers and great scenes out of New York movies and out of uh, New York theater shows. And we bring literally 20, between 23 and 25 performers from New York City. Thank you, JetBlue. We love JetBlue. <laughs> and uh, we fly them out here from JFK and for three days. And, uh, and, uh, and the wonderful, the... Uh, the Agua Caliente Casino, uh, God bless them. They've been wonderful, like 10 years. They sponsored a lot of the rooms. So we couldn't put this show together without their, their help. But uh, it's 24 of the best upcoming or big stars from Broadway. And you'll never get to see it. You'll get to see one or two in the McCallum, but you won't see 24 of them on the stage. You know, so. so what's coming up for this year? This year is um, Las Vegas. The, the golden age, 1950 to 1970, the beginnings of Vegas. I love Bugsy Siegel and all that period. Yeah. Uh, when, and it was amazing. I've got this printout of this list of these performers from the 50s. Um, you know, dear Tony Bennett, when he was 24 years old, playing there. Edith Pia, Marlena Dietrich, oh. Maurice Chevalier, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. It's, of course, Sinatra and the gang, you know, and, and uh, wonderful people, Judy Garland. So we're having doing the highlights of early Vegas. You know, uh, we, we can come back and do sometime later Vegas, which obviously is Cher, Gaga, and yeah. Bette Midler and all that. But I'm fascinated by 50s and 60s music. And uh, what What is it that you're trying? Well, 50s and 60s are a good time for music, but yeah. it's, a, it's a little more formal than it is today. Yes, it is. It's a musical. People wear clothes then. <laughs> yeah. It's musical. Well, and of course, Elvis. Uh, we have Elvis, yeah, yeah, all the those the early great pop people, Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis, and, um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. How did you get started doing One Night Only? 
Well, it was uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It was for the AIDS Foundation there. And I was asked to come up with a fundraiser. And I th said, I've got a great Rolodex <laughs> and, uh, of Broadway and Hollywood people. So let's have a little concert downtown in the Lensic Theater. You know, Santa no, Fe? No, not at all. Love it. Beautiful place. And the Lensic is a treasure. It's a be beautiful 900-seat theater. And um, so we we started with the with the AIDS Foundation there, and I, I lucked out with the Rolodex and came up with top before Michael Feinstein, Barishnikov in the White Oak Ballet, um, Carol Barnett and Lauren Bacall as MCs, uh, and it just started Margaret Cho. Uh, opera stars. Um, it was just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I was so lucky. So we had three, three hit shows there. Then I moved back to LA to do photography work. And do you think your success at doing these fundraising events is part of your experience and personality working with people one on one as a photographer? Absolutely. And I have the Rolodex to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rolodexes are for those who are under the age of 50. A Rolodex used to be this card catalog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the title of my book that I'm working on, someday it'll be finished, is, and I've got the pictures to prove it, my life in Hollywood. And it's I've beautiful. Got the pictures to prove it. Well, he posts a lot of pictures. Classic. The classic pictures on his Facebook page all the time. And and your tagline is, when people had beautiful faces. When, once upon a time, there were beautiful, beautiful faces. faces. Yeah. And they'd have all these Raquel Welch. And Catherine Deneuve and uh, yeah. um, Priscilla Presley on Elvis's motorcycle. I, I think I saw that picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a gorgeous it's, it's picture. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So, so risk-taking is something that photographers are known for. What What are some of the risks you've taken to be successful in what you do? Well, you know, it's it's about sacrificing one thing for the other. Yeah. Um, I, I've enjoyed being a producer in the last umpteen years. And I, as I phased out of photography, and photography phased me out, and all my famous photographer friends in New York and L.A., they don't work like we used to. They're not paid what we used to get. Um, yeah, it was certainly nice in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, up to, but they're just not, you know, not rewarded, you know. Great photographers, I know, are just not. Uh, what, what they're do doing books now, they're yeah. doing lectures, they're doing seminars, or they'll do something for Tiffany's, you know, or um, just none of us, we all compare notes. And uh, it's just not what it was. I feel sorry for young photographers coming up because I want some young stars. Yeah. We need some new Greg Gormans. We need a, a new Herb Ritz. We need a new Richard Avedon. Uh, you know, and they're not coming up. There's no magazines to support them. There's no market for them. Where are they going to come from? I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Tell us about your time with Interview Magazine and Andy Warhol. What would you like to know? Well, I mean, that was an exciting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I asked Andy, what do you want in, in your magazine? He said, I want beautiful, beautiful pictures, and I want beautiful people. And if they're rich, that's even better. <laughs> so, so that's interesting that he wanted beautiful pictures, but the quality, the print quality of the, mag of the new magazine tabloid 
was not you know on the same level as a Vogue or a Harper's. No, but it was big. It was big. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy was a size queen, I guess. <laughs> so as long as they were rich and famous and beautiful, yeah. He said, "I love every time you take pictures, Michael." It's, they're beautiful, you know. I see your things for After Dark. Why are you working for that terrible magazine? You should work with just for me. Because, uh, and I said, well, be nice if you paid once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> she looked in total, sh total shock, but that was great, great exposure. Yeah. You, you've uh, traveled around the world photographing and making movies. Do you feel settled when you're here in the desert or do you feel anxious to go out and do more things? question good question I I'm going to be 80 next year and you know the physical the energy has dropped a slight so, quite a bit so, but I still have projects in mind ideas and places I want to go and museums and galleries I want to show my work and uh, yeah well, I have about five shows which could go out to museums at any time yeah, you've been um, busy in the last couple of years. Well, two years ago, I had, three years ago, I had a show at the Academy of Motion Pictures in um, Hollywood, and it was a lifetime tribute. Um, God, and then I had another show in Hollywood, which was called Hollywood After Harrell, and it was about, yeah. about you know, George Harrell. Oh, okay. He was the greatest photographer yeah. of the 30s and 40s, and, and it was about, about was Greg Gorman, I think Matthew Rose, oh, yeah. and myself, the three photographers who succeed Cecil Beaton, George Harrell, and uh, uh, the other great photographers of the 30s and 40s. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great photographers. Then I, one that comes to mind is Ouija. I don't know if you ever knew. Oh, God, I wish I'd met him. He, me what too. A character. God, I loved his work. Love. I went out and bought a Speed Graphics just so I could yeah, shoot like him. I have him. two of his prints. Yeah. <laughs> you do? Yeah, He's, they're a fortune now. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I mean, the, the great, 30s, man. 40s, 50s, I mean, there are some well, good... Oh, yeah, yeah. And he invented a whole style of it. He did. And I love... Um, oh, I just went blank. Um, the um, Marielle Marks friend. Mm. Oh, God, who did those brutal uh, photographs? Oh, well, alas. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But uh, I love black and white. Me too. Just love black and white. Yeah. I had to get used to doing color in the, the end of the 90s because everything, everything became uh, color. Do you think now black and white is coming more back in? No? I don't see it uh, around. Or I don't see it on Instagram. I don't see that much on Facebook. If I do, I stop and look. Yeah, Because it's so unusual. I've got two or three totally unknown photographers whose work I see on Instagram. I love their work. You know? And I tell them that. You know? And they're all in their 40s and 50s, and they're good. It's good. And I said, pity you're never going to be heard of or a star. <laughs> so, well, I, I think you talked about it a little bit ago, is that the world of photography has changed dramatically. Sh sh shrinking and uh, getting and, smaller. And there won't be... Any uh, paper magazines in five, ten years, I don't think. Have you seen Vogue and uh, Vanity Fair recently? Oh, that's the tip off of the beginning of the end of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Terrible. Yeah. I Terrible. Think, and, and do you think that's because of the cost of printing, the cost of paper, or people are just. I think it's don't... attention span. 
Oh, okay. I think uh, the young generation are, quasi, are brilliant, talented morons. They're just, <laughs> they're uh, from, from this telephone and, uh, you know, and they're, they, the access, and they put on their makeup, their mascara, they drive a car, you know, on the freeway going 80 miles an hour, and they're talking and texting and looking at a movie. Uh, so they have no attention span yeah. for anything. So they don't, I don't, I haven't met anyone under 40 who reads a newspaper in the last year. Yeah. I read the New York Times hardcover every day. So I, I'm with you on that. I think I read a local I, paper and yeah, I read the I read New York the Desert LA Sun. Times, yeah. And I glance, I get the, the London Times online. And what else do I get? You know, I used to get the Wall Street Journal. Don't do that. Um, LA Times, there's nothing left. Well, Los Angeles yeah. Times, you know, I moved out here from Omaha, Nebraska, and a regular reader of the New York Times, and I still get the digital New York Times, but I get the printed LA me Times. Too. Mm. The printed LA Times just doesn't do it for me. No, I shouldn't no. say that on this podcast. They're not a sponsor or anything, but <laughs> um, but I, I just think there's something. Well, I, I used I, to, LA Times was a great newspaper. Not too long ago, 20 years ago, Pulitzer Prize winners everywhere. Well, especially I, the weekend section. It was always so they great. They used to have a great calendar yeah. section. Yeah. Yeah. And I found a subject in the LA Times years ago, 30 years ago, which by Robert Lindsay, an article about two teenage spies from Dondo Beach who stole all the uh, nuclear secrets for the missiles. And it became a movie. Uh, called The Falcon and the Snow. Oh, really? Oh, great and movie. I produced that movie. Sean Penn. Sean Penn and Timothy Hutton. Yeah. With that's, a score by Pat Metheny and David, a, yeah, no. David Bowie. Now, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all the story. And it's how I got to fly to Switzerland to work with David Bowie and Pat Metheny. Pat Metheny's great. Oh, God, I love Billy Metheny. Well, and he's still with us, which is he's good. He's still with us, yeah. He's still performing. I just saw oh, somebody do something with him a couple weeks really? ago. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If he were playing L.A., I had to rush up to see him because mm -hmm. he's good. I'd love to talk to you much more in depth about all this stuff because you're fascinating. But we try to keep this uh, not because people have a short attention span, but 20 minutes seems to be the time frame that it takes to get from one end of Palm Springs to <laughs> <laughs> Rancho Mirage. <laughs> so we try to keep it short. And I'd love to have you back on again. Love to do it. Uh, but to do it. I have to ask, this is a very amateurish question. The transition from... Um, film to digital. Um, how, how, how have you handled that? They dragged me screaming into it. I said, it won't be around in 10 years. <laughs> I guess it was like people thought silent movies, um, sound yeah. movies. I was so wrong. It vanished overnight. The Fifty of the great film labs in New York and LA closed oh, within two years. I think there's one or two left. Yeah. I, mean, I do get important clients who want silver gelatin prints. Occasionally, they got to pay through the roof. I have to send it to my lab in New York and Union Square. Yep, it cost a fortune, but I just miss that quality. But are we. Uh, uh, my assistant Charlie Dyer and I, we have, we have a Canon printer at, at the house and we're having fun with it. And uh, I tell you the quality, you put it next to silver gelatin and the new, the new papers and they're so sharp. 
It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And you don't have to mess with the chemicals. No, or that stain. <laughs> I, had, yuck, I had brown yeah. fingers forever. Yeah. So you are the producer of One Night Only. One Night Only. And it always sells out. So tell us oh, yes. how yep, you can yep. get tickets and who the beneficiary is. The beneficiary is the Barbara Sinatra Children's Center and Rancho Mirage. So call them to book sponsorships, which are $2,500, $5,000, and $10,000 for the deluxe seating and dinners, private parties. That's pretty swell. But on September the 6th, at the McCallum box office, the general tickets, which are very affordable, go on on sale. You know, starting at seventy five on up. You know, so hope to see you there. We sell out every year within two weeks. So. Can you do three shows? No, no it's called just one, one, oh, just one night, night only. <laughs> I thought we were talking about three nights only. <laughs> well, with that, one just, night <laughs> only. Well, Jeff, why don't you take us out? <clears throat> Thank you so much, Michael, Great for guys. coming in. Uh, this has been Getting to Know You. Thank you for listening. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and other podcast forums. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you, Michael, for being with us today. Yeah, I'm going to go turn down.